He's a powerful God. The name of Jesus is a strong tower. The righteous runs into it and is saved. His name is powerful. Sing it to him tonight. Sing it to him tonight. Someone celebrate the powerful name of Jesus. Celebrate his powerful name tonight for keeping you, for sustaining you, for preserving you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Before you take your seat, please welcome someone to your right. Welcome someone to your left. Tell them you are welcome to midweek service. Hallelujah. All right, let's have our seat in God's presence. Praise God. Somebody praise God. Alright, so um, our series this Wednesday is Parables. So, um, Pastor Shikbo's topic was on point. How many of us were here last week? It was, it, was, it was on point. So, we'll continue Parables. So, every Wednesday, we're going to look at a different parable. So, I am going to be looking at, uh, or we're going to be looking at a different parable um, tonight. Praise God. And I'm trusting that at the end of today's service, you will not go back the same way you came. In the mighty name of Jesus. Alright, so um, I'll be speaking on the wise and foolish builder. The wise and foolish builder. Now this parable is um, found in two places in the Bible, but I'm going to focus on Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6 from verse 46. DJ, for tonight, I will use NIV. I, I do King James, but tonight I'll do NIV. I want to be contemporary tonight. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I will do NIV tonight. So, um, Luke 6, 46 to 49. Okay, so it says, why do you, who do you think was speaking here? Who do you think was speaking here? This kitchen. Oh, you know, Okay, this was Jesus speaking. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not what I say? Why do you call me Lord, Lord? For me, this is like, you know when somebody wants to hail you? Say, my guy is God. 
babe like no other. Correct guy, correct somebody. All other guys now fake. You know when somebody starts to praise you like that? You know where it's going to end? You know where it's going to end, Abby? It's just like some people there, you don't get, they don't get to call you to ask you how you are doing. They don't get to call you. On your normal day, you don't, you don't hear from them. Then one day, they just, anytime you see their call, you just know there is what? There is something that they want. How many of us have people like that? Yeah. So they will first call you and they will say, Hey, guy, I'm fine. I'm waiting day. Yeah, I'm fine. How is family? Fine. How is work? How madam? How the children? How, how your brother? <laughs> that one way travel. How far? How they, they hear from him? That is, they go somewhere. And then when he now finishes, the next thing you hear is like, hey, there's this. I need. So there are people who are like that. The only time they come into your life is when they need something. And that's what Jesus was trying to address here. He said, why call me Lord, Lord, and do not what I say? It's just like when we come to church, like a lot of us will come to church. And, you know, we start to sing, my daddy, my daddy, your baby is singing. Uh-huh. Some people sing that song when they want something from God. It's not a bad song. It's not a bad thing to ask something from your father. But if it is you asking all the time, and then he says, you're saying, my daddy, my daddy, your baby is singing. This your daddy now wants you to do something. Or he gives an instruction and you don't carry it out. You know, the question is not balanced. Life is, life operates as a give and take life. Whatever a man sows, he will what? He will reap. You cannot reap what you do not sow. Interestingly, what a lot of people do not know is, whether you are deliberately sowing something or not, you are sowing something. Do we agree? It's like somebody who is preparing to write an exam. If you decide not to sit down and study, you are sowing something. What are you sowing? You're still a failure, unknowingly. But people think that, you know, they can, they can, they can cheat the process. And then still get the result. Like they say, you can't eat your cake and have it. So you call me Lord, Lord. But you do not do what I see. You are only after what you want. Now, when you say somebody is your Lord, what does it mean? When you say somebody is your Lord, or you say Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Now, to say that Jesus is, your, is the Lord of your life, this means that he is the ruler. He is the boss, the master, the owner of your whole life. No exceptions. So when we, when we give our lives to Christ and we say we make, we make Jesus our what? Our Lord and what? Personal savior. What we are simply saying is that my life from today is no longer mine. Take my life. If that is the case, why do we still find people struggle with biblical principles? That is because people are segmenting their lives and they are asking, you know, it's more like, Lord, you are, you are Lord over part of this my life, but this other part of my life are untouchable. So if, if that's the case, anytime you hear us singing, I surrender all, you can't sing that song. 
Your own song will go, I surrender song. Yeah. You can't say, I surrender all. Why? Because you do not surrender all. So if you are surrendering, surrendering some, then he's really not the Lord of your life. He is really not the Lord of your life. So that's what he was saying to these people. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? In fact, he, he, he didn't put it one. He didn't say, why do you call me Lord? You know when Jesus repeats something? It's for what? Emphasis. Jesus could have simply said, why do you call me Lord? And do not what I say. But he said, why do you call me Lord, Lord? There is an emphasis in that. So you come, you call Jesus, uh, you come to, to church and then you say, um, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And then Jesus says, give. And you're saying, ah, but Lord, you know that I need this money for something. You know that account, no balance. It's so that account will balance. That's why he's asking you to do the giving. But yes, we will struggle with it. And we'll go further down into understanding um, this. Let's look at verse... Um, Verse 47. Verse 47. It says, As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words. Now, I want us to note some things. As for everyone who does what? Comes to me. And hears my word. And puts them into practice. Now, there are three steps. You come. You hear. And you what? You practice. If one is missing, it is never complete. You can't even hear if you don't come, Abby. Like those who are not here tonight or who are not, who didn't join the service online. There's one part missing. So how are they even going to do when they did not hear? So the coming is first. What's the second one? The hearing or the listening. It's not everybody that is here that is hearing. Some people come to church. You know, people come to church for different reasons. Some come to socialize. It's an opportunity to see their friends that they've not seen since Sunday. <laughs> so they use the opportunity of meeting service to come. But by all means, come to church, please. By all means. But don't stop at coming. When you come, listen. Don't get distracted. One thing I always say to people is, whatever you do with your time is very crucial. You know you could be doing something else right now. But you chose to come to church. So if you have left your house, if you have left your comfort and you are in church, why not pay attention? Why not listen to what God has to say to you tonight? And avoid every form of distraction. Make it worth your time. Make it worth your while. So you come, you listen or you hear, and then the third word is what? Third one is what? You practice. Now, it says, I will show you what they are like. Next verse. He says they are, they are like a man doing what? Building a house who dug deep, down deep. They didn't just dig. They dug what? And deep. Who dug down deep and laid the foundation on the rock. I'll talk a bit about, let me finish reading this. It says when a flood came, the torrent struck Notice, it did not say if the flood comes or if the flood, when the, but he said when the flood came, it did what? It hit. In life, Pascal has taught this over and over. There are two things you don't prepare for. What are those two things? Challenges and opportunities. They will come. 
Now, but the question is, when they come, how solid is your foundation? How solid is your foundation? Will your foundation withstand that wave? How well will it withstand it? And lay the foundation on rock. When the flood came, the torrent struck, uh, struck that house, but could not shake it because it was well built. Next verse. Now, there were lots of distractions. You know, sometimes in school, when you're in secondary school, sometimes you, you know, and especially those days when they say your math teacher will not be coming to class. What happens? Everybody will be celebrating. You are celebrating failure. For, for, for some reason, those days, when you say mass teacher is not coming to class, everybody is excited. Not knowing that <laughs> the thing they wait for you for front. I, when, I, when I wrote my work, my result was so terrible. The mass, I did not pass it. Yeah, I did not pass it. Why? Because even though he had shown me the process, even though he had explained the logic behind it, because I did not sit on my own and build the foundation, I did not do well. So it is not enough for you to come to church. It's not enough for you to listen and hear. You must do. You must put into practice. Even when you learn things from people around you, if you don't practicalize it, you will not get it. There are no two ways about it. So after I did my SSE and um, the result was very terrible, I had to, of course, I had to apply for GC. Then, when I applied for GC, man, I sat down. Do you know what I did? I went to get, then we're using new general mathematics. How many of us use new general mathematics? Uh-huh. I went to get new general mathematics. I had finished secondary school. I went to get new general mathematics of GSS 1. I had finished secondary school. I got new general mathematics of GSS 1. And started studying from GSS 1. I finished GSS 1. I moved to GSS 2. I finished GSS 2. I moved to GSS 3. Now, why did I do that? Foundation. And that's the thing with life. If your foundation is not solid, you will struggle along the line. You will find it difficult to grasp some things. If you skip. Now, it's like climbing a, um, a staircase. Can you get to the topmost if you don't start from the, from the first one? Never. So you will get to a point because you have jumped some things. Which is the problem that some people have. And, you know, it pains me for a lot of parents that I see encourage their children to cheat. You know there are parents who do that. They are the ones that will go and buy the expo or something. If you're a parent in the house and you're doing it, you are killing your child. You are destroying the future. Let's see. Allow them to learn. Allow them to learn. There's a lot of, there's a lot of um, power. You will give them a solid foundation. Now, they may not find it very easy. It's not, see, to be honest, it's not very easy to learn something, Abby. Ah, you have to put a lot of effort to. And that's what comes with laying a solid foundation. And that's what Jesus was saying here. It is in the doing that you are laying the foundation. It is not in the hearing. It doesn't end in what this, all these things you are listening, you're, you're hearing tonight. As you go from here, all the messages, the one that said flourish this year, what have you started to do about it? Last Wednesday, Pastor Jukpo was here. What have you done with the word that you heard last Wednesday? Between last Wednesday and now? What are you going to do with tonight's word? Praise God.
So I started, I did GS1, GS2, GS3. I did it up to SS3. By the time I wrote the GC, I can't even remember what I had. I think I had like A2 or A3 or something. I can't remember now. But it took a lot of work. You see, you can't run away from, you can't run away from a solid foundation if you want to be successful. Whatever it is, in whatever area. Some of us are in business. You have learned some things. Have you applied those things in the business? That's laying a solid foundation. You are a career person. <laughs> I see, I see freshers from school getting a job. And you know what some of them are particular about? The salary. You never start. You want to collect, you want to collect big salary. <laughs> it's an opportunity for you to learn. Sit down, learn as much. I tell all the people that come to do either IT or um uh, is benefiting. So, for instance, you say somebody should go and do counseling. And they think they are doing the, counsel- the counselors or the management tours if evil. <laughs> they say they don't have time. You want to marry, you don't have time. You don't have time to do counseling. You want to rush and marry. You don't know what's waiting for you. Start counseling. You say, ah, no, time has gone. Um, your wedding is in the next three months. Did you start planning your wedding today? You knew you were going to get married. Abi, we know we have procedures in church. You know we have guidelines in church. These are part of the things. See, when, when, when we talk about the instructions that God gives, God gives instruction through our leaders. Through the community we find ourselves in. And then you see some of these people, they, they will marry and then... You know, that person will do cancer and see this. They try finding balance. How much more somebody that did not? Can you, can you just think about that? Anytime the church puts a guideline or a procedure in place, align yourself. The church is not against you. When you get into a relationship... Let a leader know. It's for your own good. This is part of what Jesus was saying. It's not just about um, coming to church, you know, hearing the word and then going back. No, some of the things we do in church are divinely instructed. Some of the guidelines are divinely instructed to help us. So you cannot sideline them and expect to get good success. If you don't do counseling, you're already... Okay, I'm, I'm thinking about, if you don't do counseling, somehow you lack, you lack some knowledge you're supposed to have that will help you in the marriage. Abby, we once counseled a, a couple and towards the end of their counseling, we asked them a question. We asked them, we said, okay, so for you, do an assessment. Has it been worth your while? Has it been worth your time? Has it been worth your coming here? It was an interesting revelation. Now, on a positive note. The lady said, it's been worth her time and, you know, said a lot of wonderful things. But the guy said, he thought he knew what marriage was about. You know, he's, I think all his life is, he grew up in church, so he's always around church, you know, church people, church leaders and all of this stuff. And then he said, I thought I knew what marriage was about until I started counseling. In other words, the counseling humbled him yeah. This is a mature Christian. I know because, of course, we've got 
hold conversations. He humbled him. So when I heard him say that, and guess what? The guy is not a member of this, but the leader is a member of this. So you can imagine when we have something in the house that will help you. And you just what? Push it aside. If you do that, you're not laying the proper foundation. Take, the, take, take a hold of all the things that God has made available for you in the house. Follow the procedures. It's good for you. It will help you to lay a solid foundation for your future. Praise God. And then when it comes to building your spiritual life, how many of us every day wake up and you just feel like, or whenever you want to study the Bible, you feel like you just stand, you carry your Bible, you sit down, you start reading, just like that, and it flows very easily. How many of us? Nobody's like that. It takes effort to build your spiritual life. It takes effort to lay that solid foundation. It's not always very easy. You know, it is easier for you to carry your phone and be pressing it and be checking WhatsApp, Instagram, check social media, compared to reading your Bible. True of us. True. So it means that you will require more effort to sit down, study the word, sit down, meditate on the words that you hear, and then pray. It takes a lot of effort. But when you do that, you are laying a solid foundation. We are, we are spirits that have souls and live in bodies. Our spirit is the core of us. So we can't joke with it. If you are going to succeed in any other part of your life, your spiritual life must be working. It doesn't come naturally, you know. It doesn't come naturally. But build that. Where can you start? What can you do? What comes easily when it comes to your spiritual life? Start from there. Like I shared, I, I took GSS1 um, um, textbook. What is, what is GSS1 textbook in your spiritual life for you? What is something that is very simple, very small that you can start with? Like they say, the journey um, of a thousand miles starts with what? Starts with a step. And when Jesus gives instructions, in fact, there's, a, there's an interesting um, read in Luke chapter 6. DJ, let's look at that. Luke chapter 6, verse 27. Luke 6, 27. While we're opening to that place, um, when you become, people go through discovery and then they join departments. For some reason, some people just go dormant. They just become inactive. And I'm wondering, ah, you say you want to join this department to serve. When you join the department, what do you do? You serve. Well, how do you join a department and you now become inactive? That is the baffles me. It takes effort. Make time to be present at your meetings. You are laying a foundation for yourself. Luke, Luke 6, 27. It says, but to you who are listening, I say. Remember, Jesus said, those who come, who listen or hear and do. It says, but to you who are listening, I say, love who? Love who? Can you love your enemies? <laughs> can, how many people here can love their enemies? He had a bee. I had. Your enemy is somebody who doesn't want you to prosper. 
Your enemy is somebody that you will see an opportunity and they will rather destroy that opportunity than for you to have it. This is, this is Jesus speaking. And he says you do what? Love that person that doesn't want you to get that opportunity. How easy is that? <laughs> he didn't stop at that. He says do good to those who... When somebody hates you, they will go against you with everything they've got. But he says you do what? Do good to them. There's a place in the Bible that says, um, did you help me find it? I don't have it here. It says, um, when you do good to somebody who is wicked, you are heaping coals of fire. Help me get that scripture. Because sometimes people think that Jesus says these things that are not practical. He says these things that don't work. Remember, Jesus was 100% man. So he, he experienced everything that we're experiencing today. Most, if not all of us here, have suffered some form of betrayal. If you, have, if you have never suffered a betrayal, can I see your hand? Nobody has ever betrayed you. That's how life works, unfortunately. People will betray you. People will stand in the way of your, of your progress. But Jesus said, love them. What that means is, if they block your own opportunity, if they destroy your opportunity, and you see an opportunity that will favor them, what will you do? <laughs> what will you do now? According to what Jesus said, not according to your mind. <laughs> because some people are looking at their mind now ah no, uh, I'll pay you back an eye for an eye so according to the scripture we just read, what will you do? they've destroyed your own opportunity, then you see an opportunity that will favor them that opportunity will not favor you but it will favor them, what will you do? men are talk now some people say you look away like you didn't see the opportunity no, that's not what he's saying Alright, so the scripture is in uh, Romans twelve twenty. Therefore, if thy enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. See, the Bible says that vengeance is mine. It says, I will repay. Leave the vengeance to God. But if you decide to fight your own battle, what will God do? He will hands off. He will hands off. Trust me, you can't fight as much as God. You can't fight as well as God. So, please, DJ, let's go back to that scripture I was reading. That was in um, Luke, the same Luke 6, 27. Okay, so, next verse. He said, bless them that what? Somebody look at you and say, say, no, better for you. You know, go prosper. It will not be well with you. And as the person is saying it, Jesus is saying what? Tell him it is well with you. You will prosper. You will get promotion. The person is saying that you know go better for you. But you are saying you are saying something. You are saying something um, else to the person. You know easy. And pray for them which what? Who despitefully use you. Some of us here, our bosses are. That's a practical example, Abi. Ah, some bosses are wonderful. Some bosses are fantastic in the other sense of the word. If they despitefully use you, you say you should pray. Pray for them. <laughs> pray that it will be well with them. How easy are these things? 
See, the Christian life, you can't live it based off of your mind. You can't. It's practically impossible. And that's why you have to be in the spirit at all times. You have to do what, irrespective of how you feel, do what the scripture says. And as you do this, and like Jesus was saying, you are laying what? A solid foundation. Tomorrow, they will respect you for it. Trust me. They will respect you for it. Next verse, verse 29. If someone's like, <laughs> this one, <laughs> this one he says someone slaps you on one cheek what will you do how many of us will honestly do that <laughs> okay now let me let me add something here let me let me add something there is a balance to everything alright there is wisdom the bible says wisdom is what profitable to direct there is wisdom in doing certain things. Now, some of these things are written plainly. And that's, see, that's why you cannot interpret the Bible using your head. Like Pastor has said to us so many times, the Bible is not written to your head. It's written to what? Your spirit. So you cannot interpret. So use wisdom. Apply as much, as, as, as much, wisdom, uh, as, as much wisdom as possible. It says, if someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. So, collect your coat. Give and what? No, these days we don't use coat. What do we use? We use suit. You know, you know coat. <laughs> so, everyone will say if it is coat, collect coat, they go. That your fine suit. Say if you collect it, do what? Give them the shirt. Say carry, join, enjoy. Next verse. It says, give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not... I don't understand why people are laughing, Sha. If, if someone takes something that belongs to you, it's like, I just bought iPhone. What's the latest iPhone now? 14, Abby? iPhone 14 Pro Max. How much is that phone now? It's about one something, one point something. Then you come and you just collect it. See, I should not ask you. For a phone that I spent about 1.5 million. Landed property. See, I should not ask you. Now, what this place is simply saying is people will treat you badly. People will hurt you. There's nobody here that's never been hurt. But irrespective of that, forgive. Let it go. Sometimes it can be very hard. One of the ways you can easily let go when people hurt you is to pray for that person. Yeah, it softens your heart. It will be difficult to, you start to pray and you say, Lord, I pray for, you can't even call the name. You say, Lord, I pray for, Lord, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> no, God wants you to call the name. Lord, I pray for BC. Yes, I know BC will say, ah. <laughs> no, it's not wrong with me. Lord, I pray for BC. Mm. Let your will be done. No, that's not, that's not the kind of prayer. That's not the kind of prayer. What God wants you to pray is, Lord, I pray that you will prosper busy. That you will bless her. In fact, when you are praying such prayers, don't remember some of the things. Because what some people will do is, 
Lord, irrespective of the things she has done to me, I still pray for her, baby. No. If you are going to pray for them and pray for them from your heart, pray for them and say, Father, bless her. Let her business prosper. Let things work. Do you think after praying such prayers, you will still feel so much hurt? You can't. So, somebody has done something against you. Somebody has hurt you. Forgive them. Let it go. Like I said earlier, the Bible says, vengeance is mine. Says what? I will repay. Do what the word of God says irrespective. Do what the word of God says irrespective. James chapter 1, 22 to 25 will be the last, last scripture I'll read. James 1, 22 to 25. DJ, please help. I would like everyone to see it. Great. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so do what? This is very simple. If you come, you've heard the word and you do not do it, what are you doing? You're simply deceiving yourself. Let me tell your neighbor, don't deceive yourself. Do the word. Say it again, don't deceive yourself. But do the word. It says, do what it says. Next verse. It says, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. Next verse. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Can you imagine looking at yourself in the mirror? And then you walk away and you can't remember what your face looks like. It's like taking a picture with a group of people. Let's even say that you bought, maybe you bought a new um, shirt or dress or whatever. And then you take a picture with it in a group of people. And then when they print it out or when they send it to your phone, Imagine you looking, you know you were in in that, where they took the picture. And you're looking for yourself. Won't it sound strange? That is exactly how it is with people who do not do the word. You're like somebody who takes picture in a group, but you can't identify, you don't know, you don't know who you are in the picture. Did what I said just make sense? That's exactly how it looks. If you hear the word, if you read the word, if you study the word, but you do not practice it. You're like somebody who looks at his face in the mirror and you forget yourself. Next verse. But whosoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have what, not forgetting what they have heard. It says, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. And I will, re- I will replace that word, bless. They will flourish in what they do. Because that's the word over the house this year. As you do the instructions that God gives you, you will flourish. Whether you say amen to it or not, you know, when you do the word, you are what? Sowing a seed. And like I said when I started, whatever you do, you are sowing a seed. So if you do it, you don't, you don't need to pray and say amen because you are doing exactly what God wants you to do and then you will definitely get the result for it. I know people will say things like, oh, it's not easy to for, forgive. Don't listen to what they are saying. You can't live your life based off of what people's, people are saying. Based off of people, other people's opinion. A solid foundation takes time to build. But it is worth it in the end. Somebody who takes his time digs the ground compared to somebody who just builds on, on, on the plain surface. They are not the same thing. The person who, who builds, you know, who digs and builds 
a solid foundation before erecting the house on it. It's, the, two, the two houses stand withstand the same thing. That's who the kind of person that you are. If you do the word, that's the kind of building that you are. Spend the time. Lay the right foundations. If you are here today and you're struggling, you know, in any area of your life, maybe your career, your business or something, go back and check your foundation. If you didn't do well, my advice to you would be, go back. It's never too late. It's never too late. It's never too late to go back. Don't be ashamed. At the end of the day, when it all works out, you'll be, you'll be the better for it. You'll be the better for it. And, you know, interesting thing is that everybody's building something in life. We may not know what it is now, but time has a way of revealing everything. Time Two years from now, five years from now, ten years from now, do you know different people will be at different level? It's just like when you get into school. When you get into school, in fact, when, when I got into school um, the first year, um, I think I've said this year before. You see all these um, people that, that did pre-degree that were in school one year before. You know, they're always forming that, ah, they've been in school, they know all those. After the first semester exam, the boys were separated from the men. Time will always tell. Spend your time building your solid foundation. Tomorrow, it will pay off. It's not easy. It won't come cheap. It will take your time. It will take your money. It will take your resources. But if God says something, if it's going to cost you, let it cost you now. Because there is what? A better future that is awaiting you. Why call me Lord, Lord, when you do not the things that I say? As we've heard this word tonight, my prayer is that we will start to put into practice the things that we hear. Not just tonight. This is not just about tonight. The parable is about what you do every time. About what God says to you. So of course, God gave us a word at the beginning of the year. The word over the house, yes, standard for everyone. But for you specifically, there was something God said about you. There was something he said you should do. The question is, where are you with it now? Have you started taking the steps? Have you started building it? If not, we're already in May. This is the fifth month of the year, right? How many more months to go? Just seven. If you have not started, you're already running late. Lay the solid foundation. Stick to what God says. Do it. Come. Listen and do. Don't just come, listen and walk away. Make sure you put into practice what God is saying to you. Everything is already settled. God has done everything. It's just left for us. See, the field is given. But what we build on it. Everybody, the Bible says that, I think it was Apostle Paul that was saying it. He said, every man is building something. An interesting thing is at the end of the day, he says they will light, what? A fire, you know, to our work, to everything we've been doing. Some people will stand. Their work will stand. Some other people will not. It will burn down. So the question to you tonight is, on what type of foundation are you building? Because everybody's building something. Everybody's building something. But the question is, on what type of foundation are you building? Are you building on God's word? Are you building on what people are saying? Are you building on what the economy is saying? Are you building on what politicians are saying? 
If God has given a word, if God has said flourish, me, I don't see, I don't have an option. I flourish. Help me tell me, I flourish. No, I mean me. Anytime God gives a word, it's in our own place to put into practice if we want to get the results. So, like I said, my prayer for us tonight is that we will begin to put into practice the things that God has said to us. The word he has given to us, we'll believe it. And when you believe something, what will you do? You will act. You will act. You will act on it. If I say there's gold somewhere outside in this compound, do you, people who believe it, do you, what would they do? They will stand up and go and start digging. You can't say you believe it and you just walk away. No, you go and dig. That digging is the lean foundation. So when God gives us a word, we have our own part to play. It's never complete if you don't play your own part. So you don't come back tomorrow and say, God, ah, but I believed you. Um, I, I trusted you. But this thing did not happen. Have you done your own part? On what foundation did you build? Let me tell your neighbor, build on a solid foundation. Praise God. Was someone blessed tonight? Okay, praise God. I, I just want us to bow our heads for a minute. Um, in case you are here, you've never given your life to Christ. You can't even build on, and if you don't have a foundation, you don't even have, you don't have, the land is not even available. It starts with a relationship with God. So if you have not accepted Christ and you're here tonight, I'd like to pray with you. I would really like to pray with you. That is the first step. That's the first step. So if you're in the audience tonight and you've not given your life to Christ, can you just raise your hand wherever you are? Can you just raise your hand wherever you are? Raise your hand wherever you are. If you have never accepted Christ, all of us, almost all of us have done it. So I want to encourage you that you do not go back the same way. That's the first step. That's the first step. Ushers, do we have anyone? All right, praise God. While our heads are still bowed, I want us to just pray. Um, I want to just pray. Pray for yourself. I don't know. I don't know where you are struggling to put into practice what God has said. I don't know how you have segmented your life and you are not allowing God to get to those places. You are surrendering some. You are calling Him Lord, but not all part of you is surrendered to Him. I want you to pray and ask that God would help you. That God would help you. So that, you know, when we start singing, I surrender all, you can't truly sing that song from your heart. You can truly sing it from your heart. Anywhere, any area. It could be giving. Some people are struggling with giving. Some people are struggling. They are still debating giving. They are debating tight. If that's the area you're struggling, open up to God tonight. If it is unforgiveness, open up to God tonight. If it is anger, open up to God tonight. His word has said, anger lies in the bosom of fools. Just tell him tonight that you don't want to be a fool. You want to do what he says. You want to let go. You want to put behind you this, this lifestyle. Ask God to speak. Ask, ask God to help you. Ask God to help you. Ask God to help you.